Welcome to Apostolic Perspectives, where the faith is raw, the exploits are radical, and the conversation is real. Prepare your life to be activated in the supernatural and your heart to be inspired to love as your host, Mike Brewer, shares stories from around the world. Enjoy today's episode, and make sure to connect with us on all social media platforms. Hello and welcome everybody to Apostolic Perspectives. I'm your host, Mike Brewer. I have an exciting show in store for you today. It's going to be challenging. It's going to stir you. It is going to take you deep. I am actually kicking off a series called The School of Apostleship. That's right. It is The School of Apostleship. Now, of course, this pertains to all fivefold ministers the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, the prophet, the apostle. I'm going to talk about that calling. Many years ago, over 20 years ago, it was 2.30 in the morning, and I had a visitation from the Lord. I was living a, what I would say, a normal Christian life. I loved God. I was pursuing God. I was I was praying. I was fasting. I was going to church. Um, revival had hit the church I was attending. We'd been in a tent. I um, actually was in a tent for a few years, and God's presence was moving powerfully among us. I worked at a local factory. It was actually called Nippendenzo. It was a Japanese company. I'd worked there for a while, and I worked night shifts. So that means I went in somewhere 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. I worked about 7 o'clock in the morning. Well, I was off this particular night So typically what happens when you're working that late shift and you're off and you're trying to sleep, you can't sleep. So 2.30 in the morning, I'm laying there in my bed and and I'm just praying. I'm just talking to the Lord and all of a sudden he picks me up in the spirit. Now guys, you must understand I had no grid for this, no grid um, for the supernatural, um, no grid for visions, encounters, uh, visitations. There was no grid in my life for this. Now, it was a Pentecostal church, a mainline Pentecostal church I was going to, so there was speaking in tongues. I saw people have experiences, but I just wasn't real sure about many of those things that I had witnessed until 2.30 in the morning, God picks me up in the Spirit and He shows me a vision. In this vision, I'm not going to tell you all about it, but I was I was watching myself. I'm the one up in the air picked up, but I'm looking at a vision of myself and some other people. And we were praying, and I witnessed myself praying in tongues in a language I had not learned. And I didn't understand what I was I was watching myself say, but I heard the voice of God. That's right, the voice of God spoke to me in my right ear. And he said, I'm calling you into ministry. Guys, that rocked me. I mean, it shook me to my very core. I was stunned. I was shocked. I was weeping. Uh, I rolled out of my bed and got onto my knees. You know, and at that time, I thought this is how I was always supposed to pray, kneel down by the bed and, and get in a posture of prayer and pray. And I did that. And, and I'm praying and just oozing out of me are all of my fears, all of my concerns. I mean, it wasn't a question, God, have I heard you? I heard him. It was an encounter. It was undeniable to me. I heard him. And as I'm pouring out all of my fears and my concerns, his spirit just heavily, heavily rests upon me. Um, Scripture talks about kabod, the glory of God, the weighty presence of God came upon me. 
and I move, I'm even moved as I'm telling you this, I, I rolled onto my back, onto the floor, and guys, I began to groan deeply within myself. There was a groaning, there was a wailing that was coming out of me that was far beyond anything I had ever experienced. And, and this continued for about 20 minutes. My body would curl, and I would groan I was aware, but I was overtaken by His Spirit. And I just pray, as you're listening to this, that the Holy Spirit just begins to overtake you, that He begins to touch you. Uh, so as, as this continued, about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I, I finally ca- kind of came back to myself. It's not like I left, but um, the, the deep groaning began to subside, and I got back up on my knees, and I remember saying, God, I don't know what just happened to me. And, and I'm weeping, I'm sobbing like I'm doing right now. I said, God, I don't understand what just happened to me. And uh, I said, if this had been uh, tongues, I'm okay with that because I know what the Bible says about tongues. Now, at this time, I had never experienced that either. I said, I'm okay with that. I've watched my mom pray in tongues uh, most of my life. And um, sorry, guys, I'm trying to compose myself. This is this is kind of wrecking me as I'm, I'm recounting this to you. Uh so as I prayed that, as I told the Lord, I said, God, if this was tongues, I'd be okay with it. But can you show me in the Bible what just happened to me? And I heard his voice so clearly. He said, get up, go downstairs, get your Bible, turn to John chapter 11, verse 33. And I did that. My Bible was downstairs. I mean, God was speaking to me so clearly. Turn to John 11, verse 33. And in the context of this is when Jesus came up to uh, to the to the tomb of Lazarus after he had died, and it says, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews weeping with her, he groaned in the spirit and was deeply troubled. Although I didn't understand what groaning in the spirit was at that point, I knew that there was a biblical foundation for what was taking place in me. Guys, that was the day I was captivated by the voice of God. His voice radically came into my life, into my, I was more than a nominal believer, but I wasn't on fire. That was the day he began to transform me into a minister of the gospel. So let me take you to Ephesians chapter four. And many of y'all are very familiar with this, but for those of you that are not, Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. These are what we refer to as the fivefold ministry gifts. Christ gave those gifts to the church. These are our foundational gifts that are given to the church. And it says for the purpose, verse 12, to equip his people for works of service that the body of Christ may be built up. So the role of these ministers, apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, is not preaching, although that may be a part of it. It is, it, and it's not just teaching. It's not just demonstration. It's all of those things. It is everything that pertains to that word equip. These ministers are to equip the body of Christ for the works of service so that the body can be built up. In verse 13, it says, This is a time frame. It's a time indicator. It says, until we all reach the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Well, we know we're we're growing into that unity of the faith. We've not yet 
fully attained that. We're growing in the knowledge of the Son of God. We've not yet fully attained that. And then it goes on, it says, and become mature. That word mature is a completeness. It is a wholeness. It is a, a level of perfection, not just like you and I would say perfection, but complete maturity, lacking nothing. And it finishes up this verse 13, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Because that is our invitation, that God is inviting us unto the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, unto maturity, lacking nothing unto the measure of the fullness of Christ. So that is what this this podcast is about, this, this school of apostleship. It's talking about um, the life that God has called one into, whether he's called you as pastor, evangelist, teacher, prophet, or apostle, there is a, a foundational walk that God has called you into. There is a moment of divine calling. If you've not received that moment of divine calling, you're probably not called into one of these um, offices, one of these positions, one of these functions, whatever terminology your stream uses, I'm fine with it. Um, I don't think any of us have the complete um, uh, language for this yet, but we're growing into it. But you are called by God. It's not a, a, a calling that you take on yourself. It's, it's, not, it's, it's good to desire it, but you can't do it just because you want to. That night, when God visited me and showed me a vision and captivated me by his voice, I was living just, just like a normal person. I was a member of the body. I wasn't looking for that. God intervened in my life, and he literally took my life and took possession of it. He flipped it upside down. Everything was different. It was a divine moment that shifted the rest of the destiny of my life. Now, for those of you that are that are listening to this, maybe you come from a, a stream that rejects apostles and prophets or rejects the supernatural. I'm not here trying to convince you of of anything. Um, if you if you were um, if you're a heretic hunter and you're just looking to blame me or speak about something, I have no problem with that. Um, Matthew ten four Matthew ten verse forty one says. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. So you can receive me however you would like. You can receive me as a brother, and you're going to receive the gift that a brother brings. If you receive me as an apostle, you'll receive the gift that an apostle brings. If you don't receive me, that's completely okay as well. Um, 1 Corinthians 9, 1 and 2, I'm going to lay some foundation here because this podcast is about equipping you. It is about stirring you up in the faith. And I'm going to share some stories of the supernatural. But to lay this foundation so that you will understand if I'm speaking to you or not. You can understand if you're going to receive a reward or you're not going to receive a reward. In the first Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1, 1 and 2, Paul says, Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus, our Lord? Are you not the result of my work in the Lord? Verse 2, even though I may not be an apostle to others, 
Surely I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. So guys, I've had an extensive work for many years in the country of Haiti. We planted over 600 churches there. It was a movement. Uh, We didn't plant all of those, of course, obviously, but through the trainings, there was a movement that was born of churches that planted churches that planted churches. In Haiti, in those circles, those that I've met, those that I've poured into, I'm an apostle to them. But if you go over to the Dominican Republic, they have no idea who I am. So therefore, I would not be an apostle to them unless they receive me as such. They may receive me as a brother, then they begin, may begin to recognize the gift on my life, and then I may be able to speak to them at different levels. Here at the Well of Miraville, or in the Well Global Alliance, a network that, that we lead, I am an apostle in those circles. But something that, that the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, all of those fivefold do, they do not force their calling onto someone else. There's a church across the street from our church. I don't, it would be ludicrous for me to walk in there and, and demand um, they receive me as an apostle. That would be, one, it would be very immature. Two, it would be extremely out of order. Now, as you are among people, as I'm among people, they, be, they will begin to recognize a grace, a calling, a gift that God has put among them. So my point being is these people that go around and attempt to force their apostleship or force their ministry or force recognition, that is a sign of immaturity. We serve at an invitation, Now, if you're going into an unreached place, you're going to have to establish the influence. God's going to have to grant you a a measure of authority in that new location so that you can begin to establish the kingdom of God there. But you do not force it. This is something that, that I see and I witness all the time is a need of affirmation from, from, uh, from young or maturing, progressing uh, fivefold leaders. They crave affirmation. They want to be recognized by their gift. But guys, that, that, that cannot happen too early in your ministry. You will destroy yourself. You must let God work out within you a security that is between you and him of who you are. I'm not an apostle to Jesus. I'm a, I'm a brother. I'm a son. I'm, I'm one that he has redeemed. And that friendship that I have with him, that's where my security comes from, whether I am recognized by anything by others in the body of Christ that does not build or negate my identity because I'm first a son. And and for those of you that are called, those of you that are progressing in your calling, please let your security come from Jesus and let him reveal who he has called you to be to others. And there'll be a time of recognition. But if that time of recognition has not come yet, you will preempt what God is wanting to do within you and within those relationships if you begin to try to force the recognition and, and your calling on other people. Well, another term for that would be commissioning. Commissioning is when you have walked with, with seasoned leaders, 
mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters. You have walked with others, and they have recognized the grace of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, whichever it is, upon your life. When they recognize it and they say, okay, you are progressing into this, now it's time that we set you forth in the body of Christ with a blessing, and we release you to begin to minister within the body. That's recognition. That's commissioning. But you must let the Lord do that. It was 18 years after that moment when I shared that that encounter that I had at 2.30 in the morning. It was 18 years later before I was set forth and recognized as an apostle in the body of Christ. And I went through hell and development in those 18 years. But when that moment came, I was thankful and I was grateful. It greatly shifted my life. But at that moment, there was not a need for affirmation. It was simply a recognition. And it was a prayer that I had prayed. Let me read you this scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 12 through 16. It says, For we do not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. So he's saying there, if you find people that are like you and you just begin to measure yourself by them, by what they walk in, you compare yourself with them, that's just not wise to do. We, however, verse 13 of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God has appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. We use the term metron here, and this is where God gives you an assignment. He gives you a metron in which you are recognized, a metron in which you can serve, a metron in which you're gifting, you're calling, how you develop others. So you have a metron. That metron can be your family. That metron can be your local church where they have recognized you as a minister, uh, graced among them. But if you go down the street or you go to a church in another country, they may not recognize you. So therefore, you have not been granted a metron among them. When you are given a metron um, in a sphere of people that are located in a geographical location, there's going to be a recognition. Now, it may start very small and then grow to a regional or even a national level, um, but you don't go, I have a metron in this nation when you've not established the metron in a household yet. Do you hear what I'm saying? You don't get to go, well, I have a metron in, in, uh, in this nation, but yet you've not even been received in a house yet. So that, that's immaturity. You must go in. You must let God bring a recognition. And then from that local recognition, if God grants you a larger metron, it will increase a larger um, sphere of authority. So this is what Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14. We will not boast beyond our metron, but within the limits of the metron, which God has appointed us, a metron which especially includes you. 
So here we see Paul is declaring his metron is among the Corinthians, those who he has written this letter to. He goes on in verse 14, For we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you, for it was to you that we came with the gospel, not boasting of things beyond measure or beyond our metron. So if you have a if you're sent to a nation, but you have a metron in a household, then you're not going to boast beyond the measure or your metron in that household. So not boasting of things beyond measure that is in other men's labor, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you. So if you're if your metron is in a person's household that has received you, as their faith increases, your metron will also increase. So I shared about going into Haiti. Well, it was a few years later we went into India. Now, not having been there before, there was no metron established until relationships were established. But then as we begin to train, as we begin to minister among the people and activate their faith, and they went out and planted churches that planted churches that planted churches, now we have a metron, an, an, an evidenced metron, within several states within that larger country. Now, I don't say I have a metron in India or all of India. That would be crazy. But I have a metron as evidenced in in places that we have touched, in people that we have touched. There's been several thousands of churches that have been established from that movement that we began there. So we can say that as their faith increased, our metron among them increased. So Paul goes on in verse 16. Well, let me back up to verse 15. I'm going to read that again. Not boasting of things beyond measure, that is in other men's labor, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere to preach the gospel in regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's metron of accomplishment. So Paul is, is talking about his metron, how, it, how they were contained in his metron. They were the evidence of his metron or his sphere of authority and that he hoped that would increase as their faith increased. So Paul, as an apostle, is sent to the Corinthians. He brought the gospel to them. He established them in the faith, and he is building them up as a body. He is equipping them according to what Ephesians chapter 4 says. The role and functions of these ministry gifts are to equip the body. So as the body is increasing, as the body is expanding into other areas, into other regions, Paul said his metron among them would also expand. So my encouragement to you is think about authentically where is your metron? Where is your sphere of authority? Where are you, if you're a five-fold minister, where are you equipping? Now, maybe you're not called as one of those five-fold. You're called as a believer, as a son, as a daughter. You still have a metron. It may not be the function of one of those five, but you have the function of a son and a daughter. So therefore, you can still pour your life into others and watch their faith increase, and that will increase your influence beyond them. So so identify 
This is, this is my goal for you. I want you to identify your metron. Where's God called you? And then where's the evidence of that call? What efforts are you putting forth in developing that call among them? So guys, I'm talking about a series of, of podcasts here called the School of Apostleship that I'm going to walk you through. Um, today, this part one was just an introduction to, to get you to begin to think about your metron. What is your sphere of authority? I also want you to think about how and when has God called you if you're not sure, these are things that you need to clarify. Um, I know people that, that have highly equipped themselves, but they still haven't had a call from God. I'm not trying to limit you, but I am limiting you in the fact if you say you are called to one of these five uh, ministry gifts, there is to be evidence and there will be recognition over a process of time and development and walking with people. So I just want to bless you. Father, I bless my friends today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come, that you would minister to them, that you would open the eyes of their heart with a spirit of revelation that they may be able to know your calling. If you have called them as a five-fold ministry, if you have called them into one of these, these gifts, one of these graces, Father, I pray for clarity in that. In Jesus' name. Guys, God bless you. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. I'll be coming out with another part. This will be a several-part um, school of apostleship that I'm going to begin to walk you through, and I don't know how long we'll be on this. Please, um, since I've just launched this, share this on your social media platforms. Bring others into these teachings. And if you want to further connect with me, you can go to the wellglobal.life. God bless you guys. I'm so excited to be able to encourage you today. Have a wonderful time. Thank you for listening time. to Apostolic Perspectives with your host, Mike Brewer. We hope that you are blessed by listening, and we encourage you to check us out on social media at facebook.com slash apostolicperspectives. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to keep up with all of the latest episodes.